another episode of Roll or Die. Today we have uh, Enrique Oliveira. Did I say your Hello, name guys. right? Yes, Enrique yeah. Oliveira. That's it. Yeah. Right. He Thank you guys for a, having me. He's a black belt uh, with legacy. You may have seen him around the traps uh, competing a lot. He competes a lot and he also referees quite a lot. So yeah. thanks for joining us, Enrique. No, thank you. Thank you guys for the, the invitation to be here. It's, it's very nice. <laughs> Awesome, we man. just caught up over the weekend uh, at the at the nationals. That's yeah, where I uh, I saw you as as a referee. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a tough a tough gig being a referee. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's very hard to to please everybody when you are <laughs> refereeing. Right? Like it's there's always something to they always have something to complain. So it's a tough job there, uh, but. It's, it's good. Like, I think uh, for being refereeing, I can see a lot of things that eventually I'm going to use on my game. Like, there is a lot of different uh, strategy that you see people using. And like, oh, that's nice. So you pick up, like, good stuff yeah. by refereeing. So it's good. <laughs> it's tough on you. Like, they're going to complain a little bit, but it's also good for your yeah. in jiu-jitsu and understand of the rules and everything. Yeah, I never thought about that before. You get to look in on the strategies that people are using to win matches. And there's a yeah. lot that goes into that. There's so much. Like, like with 50-50, for example, like Tiago was explaining to me the other day how like you can basically get like an advantage up, then get into 50-50 and just go back, forth, back, forth, you know, and just rack up so many points, but it stalls the whole match at yeah one advantage you know and you can play out the game like that so yeah 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 it's true like and and, and it's funny because like uh different athletes they, they play different with the same rules so sometimes you have a, like oh yeah i use 50 50 just for i get advantage put in on 50 50 and then i'm gonna come up at the end but you mm -hmm. see people using for different reasons and and that's that's good to pick up like and then at the end of the match you're like oh yeah that's why he was in 50 50 he wants to to try this at the very end or something like this. So it's the same rules, same, but different strategies. So it's always good to, to be aware of what's happening. Mm. Do you feel a difference as well with the, the belt? So I know that white belts have a lot of nervous energy. Um, and so I noticed, yeah, obviously their, their jiu-jitsu is quite different in its level to higher belts. Do you make any kind of exceptions for lower belts or do you stick strictly to the rules? What, how do you? No, I, I try to stick to the rules as much as I can. Like uh, at the end of the day, you just want to be fair. So like, uh, I know some people complain about like, oh yeah, their referee didn't, didn't do like that. And you're doing something different here. Uh, the rules, there's a lot of interpretation. So what I try to do there is just, to be the same to everybody. It doesn't matter if it's a kid fighting or if it's a black belt fighting. Of course, the, when it comes to submissions or when to stop or not stop, of course, I'm not going to stop a black belt fight, like final open weight, black belt. Like if the guy is not tapping, I'm not stopping the fight. But sometimes even with the white belts, you might have to, to call a uh, stop. I try to avoid that as much as possible, especially in the adult division. Mm. But sometimes you can see that they don't understand very well what's happening. So you sh it's your job to make the call. Mm. So sometimes it's, I, I just try to like, okay, I'm going to be fair with everybody. 
if I'm calling this for a white belt, I definitely gonna call that for a black belt. Not they stop, but like if they're putting guard wrong or if they're doing a grip wrong, I need to call there for the through all the fight, uh, all the belts. Mm. And and I just try to think like, okay, that's my way to referee. That's what people the the fight with me needs to expect. It might be different from 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 someone else because they have a different view of of the rules and what what's happening. But I, I try to be as fair as possible. Like can all the fights be the same. Mm. It's hard throughout the day. You get tired a little bit. Sometimes mm. something just slip away, but we try to do our best there. That's a good point, actually. Like it's proven like in court cases, for example, judges give different decisions towards the end of the day than they do in the start of the day. You know, like, <laughs> I can't remember yeah. more likely to get away with the crime or not if it's at the end of the day. But anyway, <laughs> right. They're human. Um, yeah. There's all of these sorts of factors. One of the things which I'm wondering is like you're a competitor as well, right? You like to compete. Yeah. So how do yeah, you, I do. Yeah. Curious, like, like, let's say someone says, "Can you ref at the nationals?" But you want to compete at the nationals. Like, what do, you, what do you, how do you weigh that up? Look, uh, nowadays I, I try not to do that anymore. Uh, I feel like now as a black belt and my division, it's usually like very, very tough. Mm. I think uh, I need to, to wake up very slow have my breakfast, like do my, my routine pre-comp, like, you know what I mean? Like get at the, 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 like, the stadium for like two hours before and then I, I'm going to talk to everybody and then I'm going to put my gear. So I like to have my routine to, to actually feel ready. Mm. Uh, usually when you referee, and I've done that like a million times, like referee and compete on the same day. It's, it's kind of tough because sometimes you're just there watching a lot of fights and and you, you, you don't have the time to like just turn off mm. and concentrate on what you want to do. Yeah. And yeah, I feel now uh, I try not to do both at the same time. Mm. Like, oh, I referee, or oh, I'm going to compete. Mm. But I've done that like for many years since like Purple Belt, that when I start to referee a little bit. Uh, and because I, I had just arrived from Brazil, so I didn't have that much money. And then if I referee, they would give me the registration and I would get paid on top of that. And I would have to stay the whole day anyway. So I'm like, yeah, let's just do everything. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it worked well. I remember <clears throat> my first competition as a brown belt was uh, the Abu Dhabi trials. It was, uh, it was the last comp they gave out the tickets. So you'd win the, the open way and you'd get the tickets to, to Abu Dhabi. And I remember... I was refereeing the whole day. And then at the end of the day, because it was two comps, right? You have the Australian one first, and then you have the open to all nationalities. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I jumped in to fight the Brown Belt Division, and I ended up winning the tickets. So yeah. it was something that was like, wow. <laughs> I, I think I was just, yeah, yeah. I got money, I got pay, and I got the tickets. And I was like, yeah, that was such a good day. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough. Like, I think before... It was my first comp, so I was very excited to do it. Mm. So I just did everything, but now I don't. I don't think I would do like I rather, especially if it's a big comp like national, Pumpex, Like I, I rather just have my time for, for compete. So I'm just competing, referee, or just referee. Yeah. You are a very experienced competitor. You mentioned about your routine. Can you tell us about that. What is your pre-comp routine on the day of the competition? The what do you like to do? Yeah. Uh, look, uh, the first thing I like just to, I try to go to bed 
the day, the night before uh, as late as I can, actually, because mm -hmm. uh, I I just want to sleep as much as I can. I sleep in. I try to sleep without alarm. Of course, if the time of the, the fight like allowed me, which usually does, like it usually is in the, in the end of the, in the competition. So just I try to stay awake so I don't wake up too early because uh, if I wake up like six, seven, then I'm going to have a hard time to sleep. I'm not going to sleep anymore. So I try just to like, I push myself to, to stay awake a bit more and not doing anything crazy, just like in bed, watching a movie or whatever. Because then I, I get a good sleep in, I wake up like nine, nine thirty, and then I'll have my breakfast. You have a good sleep the night before the comp. So uh, often I, I sleep terribly the night before uh, the comp. Yeah, I feel like I, I can sleep pretty well. I think all my nervous gets when I get at the, at the comp, like that's when I start to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm nervous now. Like it's happening. Like there's no way to run anymore. Everybody saw my face. I need to go there and do my job now. <laughs> there's no pulling out anymore. <laughs> but yeah. So then uh, I, I, I usually sleep well, like, and then I wake up, I like to have my breakfast, uh, have a shower. Then I, then I start like pizza music, Usually I start with like a, a slow music just to to keep myself calm as much as I can. And then usually when I put my gear on and like I know there's like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, then I I turn on the pump music and just start <laughs> concentrate there. But yeah, at that point, I, I already did everything. I'm ready to go. And yeah. Just warm me up. And cool. Go. What sort of music? Yeah. What's an example of sort of music you listen to? And it depends. I like, before comp, there's a couple of Eminem uh, music that I like to to listen to. But it's sometimes it's some music that that's been playing when I'm training, and I like oh I like the song, and and just I just keep on repeat that pump me up. But yeah, it can be actually like any 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 music there. Like it kind of depends on my my mood on the day and like what I, what is is bringing me up. Like I think I can identify they're like okay oh, this yeah this is this is bringing the the fire so that's gonna be the music just put in repeat and that's it <laughs> just listen to the same music over and over and over and yeah. over to a, yeah yeah even <laughs> listen to the same song over and over again like like everyone has a playlist but we get hooked on a song man and it just yeah i think that's the best like when we had that song that like you're feeling like that's the song that it's yeah. To bring the energy, yeah, that's it. Just stick to that. <laughs> right. Until it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> about life in Brazil, man. Like before you came here, what was, what, paint a picture of it. Did you do a lot of BJJ in Brazil? Like, I don't know if you came here as a black belt or not, but yeah, tell the story a bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't train as much in Brazil. Uh, it was more just like uh, a hobby, jujitsu. I would train like two ice maybe pushing three times a week, right? I started BJJ when I was uh, 21. I was in my second uh, year of uni. As I was mentioned, like, uh, I used to work with IT, so I was through uni when I started uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Mm -hmm. and, and the train would be at night, and my, my, my uni was at night. So most of the times that I trained during the week, I was not going to uni to go and, and have a training. So I would skip the last two like uh, class and go to training. Yeah, so every now and then. So sometimes it would be easy to do. Sometimes it would be harder, depending how I go with tests and everything. Mm -hmm. So it was more like 
hobby. Like uh, I spent three years as a white belt because I was very uh, inconsistent. Like my coach was <laughs> keeping me, uh, like he wanted me to train a bit more like serious. Yeah. And, and then when I finished uh, uni, because I used to live in, in Ribeirão Preto, which country city of Sao Paulo. Uh, it was when I did where I did my uni, and then when I finished, I got a job offer in Sao Paulo, which is the capital, and then I had to move over there. By that time, I was a blue belt already, but I was still very focused on work and and everything, so I wasn't training as much, and it wasn't until I fought the awards at blue belt on my second or third year. Of, of blue belt, I decided that oh yeah, I'm gonna just go there and and, and see what's happening. Like, and my coach had moved to America, so he was teaching there at the time. So like, oh yeah, I have a place to stay. Uh, I have friends there already because I didn't speak like any like zero English at the time. So it was it was very very funny. And then I went there and I met actually a couple friends. I have a, a very good friend with uh, the guy that I still live with here, Ricardo. He's also a black belt. He trains with me. So we've been trained together since white belt. Wow. And, and he was there. So I met, uh, I met him and he had a couple of guys that he had met in, in Australia already. So yeah, I hang out with them there and I was like, I wasn't very happy at that point with my job in Brazil. Mm. I was very stressed, like, with the, the IT work and all the hours they have to put in and usually staying late because most of the things that you do, you do after everybody leaves. <laughs> so, and I was like, man, I, I don't know if that's what I want. And then when I went in there, they were like, oh man, come to Australia, stay, stay there with us a little bit. You're good at jujitsu, you're gonna be able to teach and you're gonna compete and blah, blah, blah. But I was just a blue belt. And in Brazil, like if a blue belt, it, basically nothing like you know what i mean like yeah. blue purple brown like you're still like not much <laughs> there's, there's too much there's too many black belts so i was like okay and then I, I decided to go and i came here to australia so i put on hold my job there and i came to stay six months but then i was just like ah i just want to stay here wow <laughs> so i didn't get to compete as much in brazil mm. so i had a couple of competitions like uh did the the nationals there uh Sao Paulo Open, which is it's a very big competition, Brasileiros, but uh, I got I got a couple of medals, but I didn't win anything big in Brazil. Mm. Yeah, and then before I came, the day before was the day that I got my black belt, my sorry, my purple belt with Leandro. Uh, I used to I trained a little bit with Leandro Law, so he was the one that gave my purple belt. It was literally on the 25th of March, and I moved to Australia on the 26th. Because I was like, no, nah, man, I want to go as a blue belt because I want to bash everyone when I get there. <laughs> and then he was like, no, nah, man, you're going as a purple belt. And if you get bashed, I'm going to go there to bash you. <laughs> I'm like, all right, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but yeah. And then I, I, when I moved here and then I started like living a bit more of jiu-jitsu. So I was just training and competing a bit more. So most of my comp and most of my training, uh, it actually started when I, when I moved to Australia. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. And so you moved to Sydney and was that legacy was the first club you came to or? No, uh, at the time, Ricardo and I was training uh, at my BJJ. 
Uh, we, they used to have a, a small gym in Merrickville. And then Ricardo was there. So it was obvious my, my decision. I was the only person that I knew in Australia, in Sydney. And, and I just started training there with them. So I was there until, to, until the end of my first year as a black belt. Mm. It was then when I, when I moved to Legacy with Chandler. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, high level people there in Legacy. Really, yeah. really good culture. Yeah. It did Tell us about what it's like training there. Yeah. Uh, just 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 a background. Uh, I think uh, when I changed was well, uh, I think my, my old gym, they were folks more in in beginners and, and develop their to grow the gym so i i, I wasn't in a, in a very good place there like i was pumped to compete i had just got my black belt and i was like man i want to i want to compete and i think that's why like uh, i made the, the change and i knew by then i knew Thiago, caillou the shanjinho the guys from legacy and i always seen them competing i've been refereeing with them so then it was a very easy transition to go to legacy and once I got there, that was just like, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the place that I want to be. Like, uh, Thiago, he's very uh, competition focused there. Like, he, he really wanted his, his guys to, like, be training hard. Like, if you go, like it was funny because when I get a legacy, uh, I was used to do, like, one train a day or, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't warm up the match. I would just get there, do a couple of rows. And then when I got legacy... Chad was full like, man, what's happening? Why are you not training again? And why are you, why are you just training once today? What's happening? And he he was just pushing me like, like oh, oh, then like I, I really need to catch up. Like, and he needs to start training. And, and the funny thing is he does that by staying on the mat with you. It's not that he's outside saying like, hey, you need to do two trains. And then he's sitting outside. Mm. He's just like there doing the warm up and, and, and teaching the class and training very hard. Pushing right. everybody to train hard, so uh, I felt that was just like, oh, nice. That that that's the place that I need to be if I, if I want to achieve something. And and I've been enjoying, and I feel my jujitsu has been just getting better and better. Like every train, like it's it's amazing the train there, the atmosphere there. It's yeah, man, that's, cool. that's great leadership from Thiago, isn't it? Just to really yeah to roll up his sleeves and do whatever everyone else is doing. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's that's the the, the main thing there. Like he. He's not just asking you to do, he's he's doing it with you. And if you're not doing enough, he's there like catching you, getting your neck, tapping you out. So like you need to <laughs> you need to step up if you if you want to <laughs> yeah. to compete there. Like so it's good. It's very good. That's awesome, man. And a lot of it probably I'd say most of our viewers, just like jujitsu in general, is white, blue, purple belts, I'd say. You know, the people who make it to brown and black, they're they're a rarity, especially in Australia, you know. Yeah. Um, so, what, what do you notice most? I guess, and from a refereeing perspective as well, like, what do you notice? Like, if you had to give advice to people, because I think people come to this show to learn stuff as well. Like, what do you see happening out there that you just go, "Oh, here's another person making this silly mistake," and if they just change their their habit here, or they just did this one thing, their life would get so much easier. You know, like actually, for me, I'll just give you a quick example. I watch chess strings, right? And it just happened, I had a breakthrough in my own jujitsu because I was watching this chess stream and the chess coach is analyzing a game 
And he's like, this person has already decided they're going to lose the match before, like, like, like they made a bad move and then they played the rest of the chess match like they're already going to lose the match. They're just buying time. They've already, they're not trying to get back on in the attack. They're not trying to look for an opening to get. And I realize I do the same thing. Like if someone sweeps mm. me or something, I go, right, I've just got to defend. Yeah. You know, I'm not like, okay, how can I turn this into an opportunity? So I started doing that in my game and then that, that changed something for me. But like, what do you see people doing all the time that you think? Well, I think one thing that definitely it should change. I think people that, especially when you want to compete and you, example like the Nationals or I-State Championship, like let's say a competition that you probably aim a bit bigger than your, your local competition. Mm. I think know the rules it, it should be it should be your first your first thing. It's like if you're gonna sign a contract, you're not just gonna sign a contract. You're gonna read mm. and see what is there. You know what I mean? I think people don't think like that or on on jujitsu. They're like, ah, oh, no, I'm just a white belt. I don't need to know the rules, or I'm just a purple belt. I don't need to know the rules. Like, yes, you do. That's part of the game. You know what I mean? And I think that would make a huge difference, like in everybody's game, like. If you know what to do, if you know how to, to get more points, if you know, I don't know, even how to stall, like there, there's a way to do that. Like mm. it's not that it, people are, you can't stall, like you can't, you, you can't do, there's things that you can do. Like, I think that's part of the, it's part of the game. It's wow. a strategy, like, like the 50-50, like what, like, can I, can I stall from that? Can I do something? Can, you know what I mean? I think that by referring, I can see that these start to appear more like purple belt, brown belt, black belt usually if you get a good purple belt competitor you can see he's he's okay he understands the rules so he, he's doing things that that's helping him but before that you see like very silly mistakes you see people losing sometimes they're winning on point and they example they're winning by by five points and then they got mail mm -hmm. all right so they're still winning by by one point and Instead, they defend themselves. They try to recall the guard, so they put the foot right in between the legs, like in a three-quarter guard. But then they just let the guy pass again, and that's seven points uh, on top. Yeah. On top of the, the so in a matter of twenty seconds, he, they go from losing by one point to losing to eight points. Mm. And and maybe it's not it's not their mistake. They're just trying to escape, which it, it is the right thing to do. However, like. Maybe it's like 30 seconds in the man. Just don't get submitted. Just take them out. Like, yeah, you don't have to do much. You know what I mean? Like, you're in a very bad position. So, like, just don't don't let the point come. And okay. and I think because they don't understand the rules, like they don't know when there's a point or what's happening. Mm. I think that's that's the I think the biggest thing that I see. Like, like they just don't understand the rules. They, I, they love that, I love that. Yeah. I love that, boss. Thank you. Yeah, I think if, uh, I think that there will, there will be a, a big difference in everyone's game. And again, if you're competing, you should know the rules. Or you should know what you're doing. Uh, even a white belt, like if you if like uh, my students, like when I, when I'm like teaching privates, I'm like like look, if you're gonna compete, we need to work uh, for you to know the rules. I don't want you to understand the whole rules, but there's one two things that you need to know. What are you doing? So you understand? I, I'm, we're probably gonna talk about this your whole life like you're not gonna be a referee if you don't want to be a referee it's okay but you need to to have a, a very good idea of what is the rules like what you're allowed to do what you're not allowed to do how you get points 
But you know, I think this is it's very basic. Mm. Yeah. And Enrique, you mentioned that like you came to Australia as a brand new purple belt, but you knew no English. But your English is how long have you been in Australia? Your English seems perfect to me. Uh, I still think that that's a lot to improve there. I'm always nervous when I have to, to talk to people. No, not at all. Uh, no, no. I've, I've been here for seven years now. Wow. Yeah, seven wow. years. So you said yeah. that you were you were three years to blue belt, and then was it another three for the purple? So it was six years uh, from was, white was, to purple. Was actually three a, a white belt. Yeah. It was three a blue belt. Yeah. And then it was two to uh, two to brown and two yeah. to black. Wow. So, so have you got any tips for people that maybe change clubs and come in as a as a higher belt, so at any changing clubs, really, like I also changed clubs as a purple belt, and I found it very intimidating, very scary to come into a new club with a new belt. Like, how how was that for you? Well, I think I think first, Kim, like if you change gyms, I think you need a, a good reason to back you up, like especially as a black belt, like or a higher belt. You don't want to be changed teams just because uh, I don't know this happened and like something like silly, let's say like it, it needs something that, that that's impact in your life or, or what you're trying to accomplish. Like I think first, if you have a good reason, it would be an easy transition. Like if it's not something like very silly, it's it, it's it's gonna make your life like 90 percent easier to change teams. All right. Uh, and then I think it's really don't rush on that decision. Try to to see which gym you're gonna fit because you don't want to be the guy that's changed gyms all over the place. I know that sometimes that happen, like people change jobs, people change cities and, and everything. But sometimes you see people in the same city change gyms like five, six, seven times. Like I, then I don't think it, it's a gym problem. I think it's more like the person's not knowing knowing how to deal with it. But yeah, I think. Take time to make a decision. I think for me it was very easy because at that point I had friends at Legacy. Like I knew Thiago, I knew Caio, the, the main structure over there. I knew the other guys. So it was just like they, there was a big uh, Brazilian community there. Like it's, some, it's somewhere that I felt at home. You know what I mean? I, I had other places to go, but I was like, uh, am I going to feel comfortable there? Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I want a place, of course, for training. But at the end of the day, I need to be happy at the place. I need to feel like comfortable there. So that was my decision. So if you, maybe if you don't have any friends in any gym, just go around, see which gyms you're gonna like adapt better, and then and then you make the change. Mm. Yeah. Wow, man, that's amazing. Like I never really thought about it, but if you do move around gyms a lot, and like it could show up, like you don't know how to communicate. Like you just you just don't get your problems resolved. So then you have to like yeah. like uh, you know like. If you've had a lot of girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever, you know, and people go, okay, yeah. this person doesn't resolve things. So yeah, that's a good point, man. I really, I really, I'm, I'm learning, you know, although I think Tiago would come and hunt me down if I changed things. <laughs> so, <that's laughs> so, yeah. Enrique, what, what's next for you now? What's, what's the rest of the year look like? Oh, like I've, this, this year, uh, I'll focus, uh, I want to go towards master. I'm 33 now, so 
I actually been planning to go for two years, but unfortunately with like COVID and everything, like uh, I couldn't make, because I, I think I, I was thinking that I would go one, two years to feel the, the level, the, the, the adjust that I would have to make or while work on my trading, why it didn't. And to be honest, I thought by like, okay, when I'm 33, 34, I'll be going for the gold medal. Like, you know what I mean? And, and I lost those two years. So like, I'm like, now I'm going to really try to give everything to go and get the medal in the first goal, which ah. I think it's very, it, it's, it's very hard. Like uh, here in Australia, we don't compete as much. So sometimes you feel that the change of level and, and it's very hard for, from, for us to be traveling around. Everything's just so far mm. for you to go compete and come back. So yeah, like I'll be focused on, on, on words this year. So I'm probably going to be compete throughout the year, like as much as I can. Uh, but the aim the, it's to go there and do a good job in September. So I have six months that I actually start like already planning the schedule, what I'm going to be doing first three months, first last three months before comp. Awesome. Me and Chad was actually talking about that like uh, yesterday to see like what is to fix or not and probably start there. And that's the big, the big, big, big. Like, is Tiago talking year. about bringing a, a big group over from your club for that or just a few? Uh, look, I think we, we might have a couple of guys going. Like uh, I know that myself, Thiago, Thiago, he'll try because because me, Caillou, and a couple of other instructors want to go. So sometimes it's hard for him also, bro, because then there's no one to stay in the gym. <laughs> yeah. and, and also, like, I think he understands that we need uh, a coach. Like, it's, it's very hard for him to be training and train everybody else. Because mm -hmm. uh, like him or not, he is the, the head coach. He is the guy that they put order in the house, you know what I mean? So sometimes it's hard for him to be doing both at the same time, especially when it's a big competition like that. So we will see how we go. But yeah, at the first, we're supposed to all go and compete, like all the, the black belts. And But let, let's see let's see how yeah. they're, they're going to turn out. <laughs> awesome. Unbelievable. Um, well, I have one more question because I think we're running out of time. Maybe Kim's got another one as well. But um, like the Brazil scene, jiu-jitsu scene versus the Australian jiu-jitsu scene, like what are your observations of the two kind of environments for training? Do you, do you, do you recommend Australians should go over and train in Brazil, for example, and, and find out what it's all about? Or do you think we've got it all here? How does it, what do you think? I think it's been changed. Like just from since I, I arrived to now, it's, it's changed a lot. The, the scene, I think we... Australians picking up more, like, and it's getting better and better. I think, of course, if you always have the opportunity to go to Brazil and train one of the biggest, like, the biggest gym around there, it's also, it's always going to be, a, like, a very good experience. Uh, I think the only thing that, that we still lack in here, I think, is that competitive during training. If you go in a session in Brazil, like, it's it's crazy. Like, uh, at the time that I was training with Leandro, uh, I went to Cicero Costa a couple of times. And, and man, the mats are like full. You don't have much space. And people are arguing and fighting over advantage. Like they start to scramble out of the mat. Like, oh, no, that was one advantage for me. Like, no, no, that wasn't. And they're really arguing about their little advantage. And you see here sometimes during training, like 
people used to be like, oh, okay, like, all right, he swept me. That's okay. I'm just going to try to sweep And then, And the intensity, I think we're still getting there. I think there's a couple of genes that might have this, this already, but it's still like pretty mixed. I think in Brazil, you can find more groups of competitors and they, that's their life. That's the only chance they have to do something in life. And then they, they're going very hard. Wow. I think here we're still like on that process of getting more competitors mm-hmm. together. They live jiu-jitsu like not a mix or just those guys that live up jiu-jitsu and they bring the intensity up so i think it's definitely going the right way like on, on the right way but i think it's, brazil still have a bit more of that like the the, the aggressive the, the train the hard train the hard the session pohada. The, so, the so hard. you are a big a big fan of the pohada for improving yeah. your jiu-jitsu yeah or like i i think i think you do have to 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 have that train at least like Two, three times a day. If you can't, not uh, a week. If you can't do that every day, say, oh, a day would be too much. No, sorry. <laughs> like I think two times a week, you need to feel the pressure. Like that's how you're gonna feel the comp. And, and that's saying that like, if you don't do a tra- if you don't do a training, you're not gonna do at the comp. Like there's no way. That's that's uh, that's true. If you if you train, if you're going easy at the comp uh, at training, you're not gonna be able to just turn on at, at the comp. You need to train like you wanna compete. Like that's that's the truth. Like. I don't, I don't believe in anything rather than that. Mm. I'm not saying that you need to train hard every single day, but you need to have those sessions that are like, okay, that's a competition trainer. I'm going for the kill. And, and, and that's what's happening. And I yeah. think that's important. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's that's probably it. Unless, did you have anything else to add, Anton? Or? No, but is there anything that you'd like to add, brother? Any, any messages you'd like to get out there? Anyone, anything you want to promote? Um, sponsorships and, that you have that you want to yeah. pimp out? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, uh, I, I have a, I have two sponsorships. So just say a big thank you here to, to Body Science. They they have the best supplements in Australia. Remember that? <laughs> There's a code Eric 15 if you guys want to get some discount. <laughs> uh, they, they've been helping me since I was like purple belt. So, wow. And, like I was no one and it was always like helping me. So, it's it's worth it. Uh, right. A shout out to them. Yeah. And and Felipe on oh, my recover, he's always taking care of my body here. He fixes everything. <laughs> awesome. I just go there with problem and he always make me feel like new. So yeah. That's brilliant. And legacy, of course, like the training and everything. Yeah. So but yeah, thank you guys for, for having me. Like that, that was very nice. I was very nervous yeah. for that. <laughs> no need, no need. But, it's just yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and, you very uh, for having me. Wonderful. Yeah, uh, just quickly before we go, I want to also say to the guy, if he's listening today, who I met in the crowd at the Nationals when I was walking through the crowd and who came towards me and said, roll or die. So <laughs> there's people out there listening to this podcast and uh, yeah. thank you guys. There's heaps of people on the weekend um, hit me up to say they love the podcast. So thank you to everyone that's listening. And Enrique, if you could share this, uh, that would be great. We yeah. could uh, maybe grow our would- audience a little bit. So this will be out um, probably another week or two. We'll let you know. And, yeah, yeah, hopefully we will see you either in the competitions or see you on the mat. Yes, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. See you.